0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 3 of The Press with Kyle Wiltshire. My name is Darnay Tripp. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to everybody for subscribing. Truly, truly appreciate that. Great getting a chance to catch up with Kyle. Covered him for two years during his time at Gonzaga. I've had the opportunity to cover some really talented basketball players, high school, college, whatever. Kyle's obviously one of the best. I mean, he's in the league. But he has a particular talent that fascinates me. And it's his ability as a shooter. And it's not just the fact that he's a good shooter. It's how effortless he makes it look. And guys at that level, I mean, that, that's just what they do. Jordan Matthews, the guy that played a Gonzaga this past season, hit the biggest shot of the year for the Zags in their win over West Virginia in the Sweet 16. I played horse with him before the season uh, for, for a, a segment we did on TV and he was moving back, moving back. He was testing my range, NBA range, beyond NBA range. And I, could, I couldn't I could get it there. Like, I don't have the strength to shoot it with any type of form and get it there. It blows my mind the way these guys shoot the ball. And Kyle Wiltshire is a perfect example of that. It is effortless. It is so easy for him. He has limitless range. It's it, It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous of it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but it was really, really fun to watch. So just wrapped up his first year with the Rockets, got into that, got into his time at GU as well as a little bit of his time at, at Kentucky. Comparing the two fan bases, he puts one of them at the top. Interesting to hear his take there. If you've been around Gonzaga or the program, you hear about these closed-door pickup games that none of us will ever get a chance to see. I would love to do a podcast just on those alone, like stories from those guys. We touched on that, the guy he would want on his team when he shows up to play those games. And a topic that is near and dear to my heart, sneakers. Kyle Wiltshire's shoe game is on another level. That was one of my favorite things about covering him at Gonzaga is especially the first half of his junior year here, his first season here, he was wearing a different pair of Jordans every night. I mean, his collection is... Very impressive, uh, that's another area. Uh, there might be some mild envy from my standpoint. So I hope you enjoy episode three of The Press with Kyle Wilcher. You in Portland?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, in Portland for another two weeks. And then what? And then uh, I'm gonna go back to Houston. So,
0: okay, gotcha. Give me like a
1: month to train there before summer league. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: So gotcha. spending uh, a little time. Are you are you at home, or you have got your own place now?
1: Oh, I'm at home. I'm at my fam's house.
0: Nice, nice, very cool. Um, how you been since you got? Uh, since you've had some downtime.
1: Everything's been great. I mean. It's, uh, it's just nice to be home and have no school or no, no responsibilities, just kind of actually have some time off. And then, uh, I mean, I've been still getting a couple workouts in here and there, but uh, my real time off will be in August, hmm. um, July, July and August. But it's great to just be home uh, for once, which is nice.
0: Yeah, because I guess that would be after summer league before you get to camp and stuff in September. Right. Yeah, because I guess so, as, as, as a student, I mean, you guys have, you know, a couple weeks here or there after the semesters, but you, you were pretty much always in summer classes, weren't you?
1: Yeah, this is like the first summer I've really had off, because, I mean, even after I finished school last year, I had the draft process, so this is like my first real time off, you know?
0: How's it being home?
1: Oh, it's great. I mean, it's good seeing the fam, uh, good seeing my girlfriend, just it's always it's always fun being home,
0: so the thing I'm always wondering about you when I get a chance to talk to you or see you is what you got in your feet.
1: <laughs> what I got on my feet right now actually uh i'm uh I'm wearing a lot of the prestos mm. those are the like real pumpy Nikes mhm mm-hmm. those are like my everyday go to shoes so i I've, I've been rocking those just uh off of like just comfort wise but I got quite the collection here at home. <laughs>
0: See, I had a pair of those when they first came out, the Prestos. I loved them.
1: I know. I'm, I'm glad they brought them back. They're just like a good everyday shoe.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, how many do you think you have at home?
1: Uh, I'm not really sure. I'd probably say like yeah, at least 50 pair, 50, 60 shoes here.
0: What's What's your top three?
1: Uh, probably. Oh, I mean, my favorite shoe is the one one of the eleven. Mm-hmm. Retro one or eleven, so I love wearing ones with like jeans or sweatpants, and then elevens I love like rocking with like shorts.
0: What what's your favorite to play in? Because that was that was one of my uh, favorite things about covering you, especially like the first half of your first season at GU. You had a different pair of J's on pretty much every game, and so it was always yeah. interesting to see what you came out with. One time you had the twos on, and uh, th- those just don't look like they'd be comfortable to play in. Uh but but what's your what's your favorite pair to actually hoop in?
1: Uh favorite to hoop in is the ten. Those are just like the most comfortable on my foot. Uh the two are surprisingly comfy to me. I don't know why. I think it was just because it was like really soft and cushiony, but I've always been a, a big ten uh a a big ten guy, so anytime I need to hoop in J's it's the ten.
0: <laughs> How did the, the kind of the sneaker obsession start for you? Um I mean,
1: I've always grown up in Portland, so Nike's always back in my front, in my back door. And, uh, it was actually a buddy of mine who was like my next door neighbor growing up. He always had Jordans on. Like, that's, I think that was like the start of it. I think if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as, uh, big of a sneakerhead.
0: What do you remember your first pair that kind of got you into it?
1: First Jordan pair. Um, I don't even remember i just I just remember uh the kid that was my neighbor had the carmine sixes, and I thought those were like the coolest shoes ever hmm. and so like that kind of that kind of fueled my obsession
0: What's on your wish list right now
1: uh right now uh what had just came out i I saw like on a on like a tweet or something there was a pair of ones, and they were like almost looked like they were like copperized. Hmm. I don't know if you saw those, Mm -mm. uh, but I saw them on a tweet. I don't even know what they're called or whatever, but I'm gonna definitely try to find those somehow.
0: I just saw a few pictures of like kind of pastel colored twos, just one tone. Have you seen those? Like yellow, turquoise, and purple. I thought those were kind of kind of interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, I saw those too. Those are pretty cool too. I mean, those. uh, I'm always like, I always love like the. The shoes that were like the original colorways, those are like my favorite. Yeah, I like stuff like that. But like the original ones, like the OG colorways, those are my favorite.
0: Because you had the white and red twos, I remember those, and I think you played in some OVO tens, didn't you?
1: Yeah, those were like my those were my all time favorites to hoop in, just because they're the ten, they're all white. Those are like my. I think I wore those out. I still have them in my locker here, but they're like actually have a hole in them now. <laughs>
0: I thought that was a bold move playing in the OVOs. Those seem like the type that you just want to kind of uh, wear with a pair of jeans and keep them clean as much as possible.
1: I know. When I when I wore them for the first time, I just told myself I was going to wear them once, and then I was going to put them back on ice. But I I think I had like a really good game in them. So I was <laughs> like, oh, man, so I'm going to have to keep wearing these. So I wore them throughout the whole tournament and everything. And it was like we kept winning through the WCC, so I was like, I can't change up now. I just gotta stay consistent.
0: What have you been playing with uh, recently?
1: Um, I, well, I've been hooping in the uh the, like the new Paul George shoes. I was hooping in those, and then I just stick. I usually stick just with Kobe's or Jordans because, I mean, I I now that I'm like on the next level, I, I feel like it's weird wearing other other player shoes. So yeah, I always stick with the Kobe's because obviously he's. Kobe and Mike, those are the, the two goats, in my opinion. So it's like just, just rock, rec, uh, repping their shoes. And they always have good ones coming out. So
0: I like the Paul Georges a lot. I think I'm about to get those. Is that Do you guys talk about that in the locker room, like not wearing other guys' shoes, especially when you're playing against them, like wearing a player of LeBron's, for instance, if you're about to play the Cavs?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like an unwritten rule. Um, I remember one time someone, I won't name any names, someone was wearing some LeBron's and, James was like, "Yo, you need to change those." And so we so we always like we always make fun of this dude on our team. And so like we And he was just wearing them cuz they're comfy. And there's only so many Nike exclusive shoes. So like he was he was just wearing them cuz they felt good, but it's kind of an unwritten rule and I'm not going to I'm not going to break that one.
0: LeBron said that to him in the game?
1: Oh, no, no. James told us like we can't wear other other oh. Players shoes.
0: Oh, Harden said that yeah yeah i thought i thought lebron called him out i was gonna say that's that's a certain level of disrespect <laughs> like don't oh, no, don't no, wear no. my shoes
1: <laughs> no no i bet he would do that though
0: so how was year one for you
1: uh it was a great year i mean it's just a dream come true playing in the league but it's also at the same time you know you can't you can't be too uh complacent and that's where like you just gotta continue to work. That's where, like, I'm just I'm motivated to get more time on the court. So, I'm happy I've made it this far, but I'm not satisfied, and that's where uh, I think that's why, like, I'm gonna have a long career because I'm just gonna continue to work hard. And, and uh, you know, for for having a first year on a team that was winning, you know, we didn't go as far as we wanted to, but overall, uh, you know, it's, it's I'm glad I'm on a playoff team. So uh, I couldn't ask for anything better
0: did you get a chance to talk with Domus throughout the course of the season very often? Cause I mean, you guys are kind of going through the same thing together, you know, first year in the league.
1: Yeah. I mean, I saw him a couple times. We played them and then, uh, I mean, we're always in touch. He came into town. Um, we, we happened to got to go to the final four weekend, which is fun. So, you know, it's cool having another guy, you know, I've, I we all we both dreamed of this and just kind of like kind of going through it together and talking about our different experiences.
0: What's it like going back and forth? Because you spent a lot of time with the D League team and obviously a lot of time on the Rockets roster, and it seemed like following you like every other day, you're either with one or the other. What's the challenge in that? In kind of, you know, physically just kind of going back and forth and traveling and all that, but also kind of making sure your game is ready for whatever role or responsibility you might have in the D-League and then whatever's expected of you and, you know, trying to earn minutes and and earn your spot with the Rockets as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to take care of your body. That's one thing. You got to, you know, it's a lot of travel. You got to make sure you get your rest. Um, It's tough. uh, It's a tough schedule, but as long as you're staying on top of it and you're doing the things you can you and you just you're just giving it your all i mean that's all you can ask for whether it's with the d league i'm playing like 30 40 minutes a game i just gotta uh play hard and, and just try to get better but then if i'm with the rockets you know just doing those little things being a good teammate and then uh putting in the extra time outside of practice which is key just so that the coaching staff saw that i was working hard so um it was a great great experience this year because i got a little bit of both so um, I was able to make some huge strides, you know, uh, in terms of knowing what's expected off the court, in terms of workouts, and then also like on the court with the D team.
0: How does it work? I mean, you just get a phone call and they say, "Hey, we need you," and you got to get on a plane.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically in person so you're for the, you, know, once once the season started going, you kind of get a vibe for the rotations coach goes with and stuff like that. So it's, it's usually how it went is like if I was with the Rockets for three weeks, and I hadn't played a game in three weeks. You know, I I basically down to the D League. I knew my time was coming, and then uh, the GM or whatever would come up to me and say, "Hey, we're going to send you down to the D League, play in four games." And then I play in four games, kind of get my win back up, and then come back up to the Rockets. And then, you know, when guys would get hurt, like a four man on our team, you know, then I would know that I would be staying with the Rockets full time. Um, But if everyone was healthy I kinda I kinda knew what it was. I knew I was gonna go down there to kinda stay in shape. And at the end of the year, you know, it ended up being fun because at the end of the day you just wanna get better and you wanna get your reps up and as, as as much as I wanted to be up with the Rockets, you know, it was a good good experience for me to go down and like just just fall on play a lot. I
0: was gonna say it had to be I mean, it's I would imagine it's the most exciting when you're with the Rockets, but I'm sure there were times where you were kinda relieved when you went with the D League team because you had a chance to get some minutes. You had a chance to put up a ton of shots and score a ton of points, and that's something that you've been used to throughout your entire career.
1: Totally, it's just it's great repetition. You know, uh, even though it's people always look kind of down on the D League, like oh, it's the D League, but you know, it's a, there's a lot of good players down there. And for me, uh, going down there, um, it was just good because I was playing 30, 40 minutes a game, and I was able to just not only work on my offense but work on my defense as well my rebounding uh, which really picked up at the end of the year so for long term you know it was a really good good experience for me cuz kind of like you said even though you got even though I I kind of wish I was with the Rockets 100% of the time you know it's it wouldn't have been good if I went the whole season not playing at all so it was good to just get those reps in and continue to
0: get better you got to feel like you ended up with a great in a great situation right because you got with Houston, Daryl Morey, an analytics guy that wants shooters, and an offensive-minded head coach in Mike D'Antoni, it seems like it's the perfect fit for your game.
1: Yeah, no, I I ended up in a a tremendous situation, and that was, that was, came from, you know, going undrafted, it was really tough at the end of the, end of the second round, uh, you know, a couple teams wanted me, but I, I just trusted my agent, he said, you know, we got a really good thing lined up with Houston, and I went with my gut, and you know, Houston ended up being great because, like you said, you know, they're really our motto is shoot threes or, or uncontested layups, so that's kind of like our offense. And obviously, I shoot the ball really well, so that's that's huge for me. But just uh, you know, it's a great coaching staff um, who believes in me, and so hopefully, I just they continue to to help me get better and then uh, trust in me down the road.
0: You gotta like the direction the game has gone in because there's value in the stretch fours. There's value in three-point shooters. What's it been like from your standpoint as you've kind of come up through the college ranks and seen the game evolve? Evolve. Seen uh, what's going on with the Warriors and teams like the Rockets. You had to have been watching that to a certain extent and be like, "Yeah, I can do this. Like this is this is perfectly suited to my game."
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's great for me. You know, just um, obviously ability to shoot the ball, but you know, it's a lot of teams are looking for shooters to stretch it around, like a, like a. um all-star caliber player like a James Harden that's why it's it's so easy to play on a team like Houston because you know what your role is I mean, obviously in college you know there's you got to do a lot more but once you get to this league everyone besides a handful of players you know you're you're a role player and so being on a team where a guy makes plays uh, like James it's it's been it makes it so much it makes it so easy to play like uh, when I was playing a little more in preseason it was just you get open shots. Everyone knows I'm a shooter, but you get open shots because you know James is coming full speed at you. So uh, it's it's awesome to play with some guys like like uh, James.
0: What was the biggest shock when you got on an NBA floor?
1: Uh, you know, not even like the biggest shock. Or it just it's just one of those times. You know, probably going home to Portland and playing the Blazers. You know, that's a an arena. As a kid, I've always grown up going to the going to the arena watching always watching the nba games it was always a dream of mine but i think it really hit me at that point when i was warming up out there and seeing all the the fan support who was out there watching me it was uh it was a pretty cool game for me
0: has ryan anderson become your yoda this season
1: oh he's been great i mean he's a guy that i've always looked up to and it's uh it's pretty crazy he ended up being on my team cuz he's uh He's been my guy. Uh, I've kind of gotten close with him uh, throughout the year, even outside of basketball. So it's always fun to have a team where we always hang out together. You know, obviously coming straight from college, you hear stories like, oh, when you get to the league, you know, people don't really hang out. But I've been lucky to get on a team where, you know, every time we get to a city, you know, me, Ryan, guys like Nene, we always make sure to go out to dinner, uh, Patrick Beverly, stuff like that. So it's cool to have a group of guys that are still close and uh, we, we feel comfortable with each other
0: what's the biggest thing you think you learned from anderson because he's like the prototype stretch four right so i'm sure there's a lot of wisdom you could glean from from being around him and tricks the trade and that sort of thing
1: you know the one thing i've learned about him is like uh he's not the he's kind of like me you know he's not the quickest dude out there but uh he knows where to be he plays good positional defense you know if he ever gets switched up on a big guy he's able to Push him out or, or make him shoot difficult shots. You know, sometimes they'll make those shots, but in the league, it's all about just forcing percentages. And uh, you know, with him, he just does what he does uh, really well. He shoots the ball, and he doesn't let anything else get in the way of that. So, uh, it's been cool to kind of watch him play because it's—I could definitely see myself out there doing the same.
0: You mentioned Harden and what it's like playing with him. What was the first thing that caught your eye when you got on the court with? the guy that's obviously an MVP candidate, one of the top four players in the league this season, one of the top players in the world, obviously. Playing with a guy like that, something had to have kind of blown you away at a certain point when you first got on the floor with him.
1: Uh, probably just how easy the game comes to him. I mean, the guy is out there. He'll be, we'll be on the bench kind of watching him play and I'll be I'll be like, oh man, he's not doing too well this game. And then I'll look up and he's got, 15, 10 assists, 12 rebounds. And I'll be like, okay, just a light triple-double another day. And so, you know, what catches me about him is he just, everything just comes easy to him. He's like he's like the, uh, the floor general out there. His, his ability in a pick and roll is pretty crazy.
0: You always have to kind of be maybe a little bit more alert or on your heels or ready to catch a pass when you're playing with a guy like that than, than maybe you're accustomed to from your past experience and past teammates because, they're. I mean, he's just at a different level.
1: Oh, no question. When I, you know, when we're playing pickup preseason or even a couple of preseason games in China, I was in the court with him and was like, if you're on the three-point line you're standing there and you don't think you're open, like, you've got to be ready at all times because he'll whip the pass, like, right in your shooting pocket. <laughs> so it's like, it makes it so easy because you just, all you got to know is like, okay, pass me the ball, I'm going to shoot it or pass it. You just got to do your thing and, like, he'll get you a wide-open shot. Eventually, it's just about being ready.
0: You mentioned this being a dream for you. How old do you think you were when you realized that like, you had a chance to be really, really good at basketball and, and kind of make, make something out of that thing?
1: You know, I've always believed I was going to be good, but um, I didn't. I was just always just slowly. just. I always worked and just tried to become better every year. I and mean, I didn't look too far ahead because if I was in high school, thinking about it you know it's, it's overwhelming so I just every year I just try to get better and then you know uh, especially that redshirt year when I transferred to Gonzaga um, I knew I, I had a lot I could do but like I I hadn't put it together yet so I think that that first year on the court at Gonzaga really just you know showed me that you know I'm gonna continue to work hard and just try to try to make a professional out of this
0: you were the first guy to kind of follow in the Kelly Olenek path. What's the thing from that redshirt year and your time with Travis Knight that you think really benefited you going forward and has, you know, helped you out even now going into kind of your NBA career?
1: I think it's just mentally, um, mentally 80% and physically uh, 20%. You know, obviously there's all these great work uh, articles written about how, you know, I worked on my body, all that stuff. But, the thing that uh, TK and the program really gave me is just that confidence, and uh, my movement obviously got a lot better. I was moving a lot better out there, but you know, just mentally believing that I can do it. And I think that's that's a huge part of the game that's overlooked. A lot of people, you just, you just have to have a, a laid back attitude out there, and I think those are the best kind of players. And it's really helped me during that redshirt year.
0: How much of a mental challenge did you face just having to sit out for a year for the first time?
1: Oh, it's really difficult i mean i remember that summer you know after i redshirted, i was trying to get into the nike camp stuff like that but it's tough because like you basically you're no one really seen you play for a year so uh it, it was just a difficult year because you're basically going under the radar no one really knows about you and all these other new players in college basketball people are talking about so you're just like, you just have to be, you just have to get lost in the process. And uh, because it's tough, you know, going in every single day, working out, beating yourself up, and not finding any games.
0: You mentioned kind of dealing with the pressure in high school and, and trying not to get lost and all that. When do you think you first kind of got on the scene? I mean, because the rankings and everything now are crazy. I mean, they, they have ratings out for kids so young and they start talking about recruiting at such a young age. When did you think you really kind of got on that scene?
1: I think it was like my junior year and you know, I was playing for a really good team the Oakland Soldiers and I had like three really good tournaments where I was just scoring the ball a lot and what really burst me on the scene is like there were a lot of college coaches and analysts going to watch other players on my team and then when I had good games it kind of like was like oh who's that guy and obviously helped I was the only tall white kid on the team so it was <laughs> like I kind of I stuck out and people were like oh who's this guy and then they watched me again the next tournament. I'd play well again. So it was like, I think it was like a stretch of three tournaments in high school. that really helped me out. How,
0: how is it dealing with the pressure? Like once you're in that world and you're in the ratings, you're in the rankings, the, the recruiting process has started. You're trying to impress coaches. I would imagine it gets difficult at a certain point to not let that distract you and, and, you know, get frustrated with the bad games, kind of ride the highs or lows too much. H- how difficult is it just kind of managing that and just sticking to playing your game, trying to improve and put yourself in the best position available without getting too lost in where you stand um, and, and what coaches might be thinking about you and that sort of thing.
1: I mean, it's always tough. I mean, even, even going to this year, you know, going down the D league, you, every game, like I said, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a tough league. I mean, it's, I had a good season down there, but it was tough because you know every every game I go into, everyone sees um, Kyle Wilcher, you know, Houston Rockets a signee, So you kind of have that target on your back, kind of like you're saying, like with the ranking stuff like that. But you just gotta enjoy the game for what it is. I mean, I I play it because I love it. And I don't play it because it's it's a, it's a job. I mean, it's obviously a huge benefit that I'm getting paid to do it, but. I went to college to play, all all because I have fun. So each game you just got, you know, you're going to have your share of bad games, but you just got to go out there and I just always had to, and it's really simple, just go out there, give it your all, and then you can live with your result.
0: What was the toughest time for you? Would you say it was a redshirt year? I mean, going back to maybe your junior year and when you got on the scene and then through Kentucky, Gonzaga, and now, was there a time where it really was a struggle that you kind of had to, to rally and pick yourself up a little bit?
1: Um, I'll probably say, you know, that redshirt year. I think it was like uh, maybe my first game on the court. It was like I felt like it it just felt weird out there. I didn't have a good rhythm. I hadn't played in the year. Uh, I don't even remember what my numbers were, but it was like the first game I I came back, I just didn't feel like myself. So it was like at that moment, you know, you can get down on yourself or you can just continue to work hard and hope for the best. I think that's what I did. And then we ended up having a great year that year.
0: You must have felt pretty good when you put up what forty five against Pacific. You had found your rhythm at that point, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was with my man Pango's dishing me. I was getting easy shots from him. So <laughs> shout out to KP for all those assists.
0: I'm trying to look up your uh, that that first game. Do you remember who you guys played?
1: Yeah, and the only reason I remember why who we played was because my girlfriend went to Sacramento State. And my first game back was against her alma mater. She hmm. had just finished, so it was like it was just like a crazy coincidence. So we played Sacramento State. Oh yeah,
0: November fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. Let's see what the box score looks like. Well, you went six of twelve and had eighteen points, so you must not have had that bad of a game.
1: Oh, well, it was. It, I don't even remember. I think it was just one of those things that. Oh, I think I think what actually happened was I think I missed my first like five shots. I mean, I would love to watch. I think I missed my first five shots. I came out and then coach was like, hey, just, just settle down. Like, <laughs> like you'll be fine. Just relax. And then I I think I relaxed and the game game came a little better. But I remember looking back on it and I was like, I did not feel good out there.
0: <laughs> was there
1: sometimes you'll sometimes you'll you'll like score and like you still like won't feel good like it's like a weird thing like it's hard to describe
0: did you did that last you know into the season or did it did i guess that game when you finally got in your rhythm that night was that when you kind of flipped the switch or was that something that you kind of struggled with the first few weeks or whatever of the season
1: i think it was like the the first few weeks because uh I think I was like checking like my shooting percentages and I don't think I was shooting the ball very well. Like my threes weren't as good as I wanted them to be. And then once I like just said, all right, stop worrying about your shooting percentages and just play. And I think that's when we started really picking it up.
0: You played for two of the most passionate fan bases in college basketball and two very different programs. I mean, everybody says, Blue Blood, uh, about programs like Kentucky. What do they have, like 30,000 people in their arena? Something crazy like that? Yeah, like an
1: absurd amount, yeah.
0: And then, like, uh, you know, everybody knows about Gonzaga and, and how they've kind of built the program the last 20 years um, from being a name nobody was familiar with, you know, 6,000 people in the arena. How would you compare the two different fan bases? Because the programs themselves are so different, and it seems just... Uh, Hearing what you hear about Kentucky being around Gonzaga, I would imagine there's just kind of a different vibe and tone around the two of them while both being nuts about their teams.
1: Yeah, that was probably the biggest surprise going to Gonzaga was I knew how crazy the Kentucky fan base was. And you know, going to Gonzaga, I knew how great the system was. I knew how great it was going to be for my redshirt year. But I didn't really know... I knew they were crazy out in the northwest. I just didn't know how crazy. And you know, this last this last year when I went to the Final Four, really showed me that. Man, Gonzaga is like, in my opinion, the best fan base in the country. Like, and I I don't I'm not exaggerating at all. They were like the amount of love that they showed me, Domas, and seeing the support down there at the Final Four, it was pretty unbelievable. And to see that, it really shows a lot to the city, and the city should be proud of it because it was. I mean, it was crazy.
0: Even more so than having been to a Final Four and winning a championship game for Kentucky?
1: It was just as crazy or maybe even crazier. Just it was I mean, winning the championship was like the craziest thing ever that I had thought. And then going to Gonzaga and seeing their fan, fan base and like everywhere we go in Spokane, everyone going crazy for us, like it's it's obviously a little bit of smaller level amount of people, but the support is just just as crazy.
0: What I thought was interesting, especially early on in your time at Gonzaga, is, you know, tweet out a story about you or news about you and seeing how many Big Blue Nation folks would retweet it or like it or comment on it. Because I guess you would assume to some degree, like, a kid like yourself leaves a program and they, in a sense, move on. But people were still seemed really, really supportive uh, of you and interested in what you were doing, even though you had left the program.
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. I think I did the the transfer thing the right way. I mean, I it was no, there was I didn't leave Kentucky because I hated the staff. I didn't do it because I was really unhappy. I did it more just I saw a better opportunity for myself. So. I think I, I did it the right way, where I didn't leave on bad terms, and you know, I mean, they were, they were, and obviously winning a championship helped my case too, because was, I was a part of history. So they, they, the amount of uh, like they've really followed me throughout that year, and I, and like you said their engagement on Twitter is pretty crazy. Cause to this day, <laughs> they still tweet me and and say stuff.
0: Is it tough to be in the spotlight as you know an 18 to 22 year old kid going from? One of those one of those types of programs where you are in under a microscope to such an incredible degree. To another one, especially coming to Spokane. I mean, Lexington's a small town as well, but where there's so much emphasis on Gonzaga and everybody knows the players, everyone knows the history. Um, You know, you're six ten, so you can't really uh, just kind of fit in like a guy like Kevin Pangos maybe could. Uh, How how difficult is it to to manage that as you know, kind of a, a young kid and a young man?
1: Uh, I mean, it's it's difficult. It really, uh, I mean, for for me, it's easy, and that's what makes basketball fun. Is you know, obviously the game is fun itself, but the the support and the fans at our games, like it makes it so much more fun for us. And you know, being under microscope, microscope stuff like that. That's just what comes with the territory, I guess. But um, overall, you know, I wouldn't ask for it any any different way because it it really just makes it fun.
0: What do you think about Gonzaga's run this year? I, I, I know the the past players are really excited about it. I, I wonder for a guy like you who's one year removed where it's a little bit fresher and you've played with these guys, what was it like seeing them do what they did?
1: Man, to know every single guy on the team, it really is like the amount of investment I had in that team was, was pretty crazy. Like I I wouldn't miss one of their games. Like I re. There was times I had, they played and I had a game and I just I'd go on WCC Sports and rewatch it. Like <laughs> it was just so fun to watch those guys and see them evolve in the course of the season because they started the year off and they didn't look as good as they were in the end of the year. Like they had to really work for it and obviously they had the, the ranking and stuff like that all year. But they have gotten they got so much better and to watch them from my perspective it was it was really fun and we couldn't be more proud.
0: What do you think was the key for them?
1: For them, they just had so many weapons. You know, if one guy had an off game, someone else got picked up. Their uh, their ability to switch all their ball screens, uh, all those bigs, they could move their feet. It was, uh, I think, their biggest thing was just having so many, so many, so much talent from top to bottom. Everyone was different.
0: You were there for the final four, of the South Carolina game. were Were you able to stick around for the championship game?
1: Yeah, I stayed for both, which is uh, pretty lucky
0: how uh yeah because you guys played the suns during that stretch during that weekend how tough was it watching the final couple minutes of the unc game
1: oh man it was, the all season even the final four or whatever i was more nervous watching as a fan than i've ever been as a player like it was <laughs> to be a fan now i understand what we put you guys through because that was uh pretty stressful but you know obviously it wasn't the way anyone wanted it to end. We wanted to end on top, but, you know, looking back on the season, it was just what they did for the city. And I don't think there's a person that knows college basketball that doesn't know who Gonzaga is now. Hmm. I think it's it's pretty special to the recognition Gonzaga. Everywhere I go, like people say, oh, man, those Zags, man, they had a hell of a year. It's pretty cool that, like, now they're they're like, we're officially, officially on the map if we weren't already.
0: Yeah, yeah less than a month until the draft and uh, you know Nigel's in the mix Zach Collins is going to be a lottery pick what do you think about those two guys we'll start with Collins because you know he's a stretch four type different player from you obviously and I I don't know how much you had a chance to kind of interact and play with him being that you know he was a freshman this past season but what do you think about his game and kind of where he fits at the next level oh
1: he's super talented man I love love watching him play and the best part about him is he's young and he's really coachable. I mean, that's, that gets you a long way in this league. If you if you come in and you're willing to work, which I know he will because I've seen his work ethic. I mean, I took him on his, his recruiting visit to Gonzaga, and I, I could tell, you know, he's a really good kid. And, you know, for him, uh, just tr- keep controlling what you can control, work on your game. And no, no matter where he ends up, he's going to be great. And then, and then for the other guys, you know, you get drafted or not really doesn't matter because you know obviously i was undrafted and i was able to make it so you just gotta you just gotta grind no matter where you go and i'm excited for those guys because they're going to be a a player
0: what are your plans for the offseason
1: oh i'm taking uh i mean i'm just kind of chill working out this week nothing too crazy and then Next week, I'll start to pick it up before I head back to Houston at the end of the week. And then I'll have basically a month to train before summer league, just get in really good shape, basically. And then uh, and then after summer league, I'll probably go on my first little vacation ever, uh, take a little time off, and then uh, back to the, the grind and keep working out.
0: we going to hear about you in any of those closed-door X and current Zag pickup games that are kind of of legend around here?
1: Oh, I would. I would love to. I actually um, today. That's, that's funny you uh, ask. Today I'm gonna. I'm gonna go get a little calendar and write out some of my dates and figure out what would be a good weekend to come up. Cause I would love to come up, but um, I'm gonna come up there when not everyone else is up there. So depending on when Kels goes up there and other guys, I'll I'll have to figure it out. And then uh, definitely want to come up there. How competitive? Are the,
0: how competitive are those games?
1: Oh, they're super competitive. I mean. Uh that that's what got me to become a player I am today. I mean that's why I, I mean when Kelly would come back and to play against him, just knowing that I could play with those guys, uh really helped me out. So it, I mean there's just so much zag talent and with everyone there in the gym it gets pretty competitive.
0: What's your best story from those games?
1: Best story. Um that's a good question. Uh I always, I always liked uh, seeing the point guard battles and when we play like there would always be good matchups it'd be like me versus kels and then like kev versus like pargo or you know it's just like 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 from an outside perspective like the gonzaga fans would just pay to see these matchups mm-hmm. and we're just every day coming in and battling and it's pretty cool to see like and then like just the level of respect we all have for each other is pretty cool
0: who's the guy that you want on your team like when you show up to the kennel for one of those pickup games like who do you really want on your squad
1: well for me uh, whatever whoever is the point guard is most crucial for me so wh- whoever I'm in there I'm scoping uh, who are the point guards today and if, if Tango's is in there I'm picking him every time I just love playing <laughs> with the guy that's the reason why I went to Gonzaga in, in the first place I play with him for Canada so you know, I'm picking Kev, one of the first guys I can. Cool.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Kyle, and uh, best of luck this offseason. Of
1: course, man. Hold it down in Spokane for me. You got it. Thanks, man. Yeah, you better you better uh, pull out some kicks this season.
0: Hey, I'm trying to get the
1: Paul Georges, all right? <laughs> got to get the all-white ones. Those are my favorite.
0: All right, man. Take care. All right. See you later.